So let me get right to the word of the Lord here for just a few minutes today and talk to you from uh, the things that we've been talking about on Wednesday evenings. Brother Rory brought a good lesson last Wednesday evening. We have been studying on questions that Jesus asked us, questions that Jesus asked in the scriptures. The first week of this study, we talked about why are you so afraid? And then in week two of this series, we looked at do you believe, Jesus said, do you believe I am able to do this? And then last week, Brother Rory brought a great lesson on do you want to get well? Well, tonight we're going to talk about something a little different. We're asking this question that comes from Jesus, why do you doubt? Now, when we talk about doubt and spiritual doubt, it is one of the most important and yet least talked about subjects that is in the Scripture. The Bible speaks about doubt. Uh, many times there were, there were Scriptures about doubt, people doubting, people not having faith. You know, somebody may say, well, my faith is, is talking so loud that I, I can't hear what doubt has to say. And I wish that was true for everybody. But let me be very honest with you this evening that uh, doubt is a very real thing. And there's some people that don't have that faith that some of you have. And doubt uh, approaches us and attacks us and even attacks our faith. Uh, there are some people that are skeptical. There are some people that are analytical and they want to, to see things and to feel things and to hear things and, and to, to, for it to be tangible for them to believe that it is real. We're going to talk about some of that in just the next little while. You know, I know as a kid, and I probably speak for many of you here this evening, as a kid, I've been raised in the church, been raised around the church all my life. Matter of fact, I've missed, uh, well, I haven't missed, but I've missed being in church with you, but there's been more Sundays absent in my life from normal Sundays over the last two months than it's ever been in my lifetime. I've always been to church, but you know, even as a kid, you start wondering, and as a teenager, you, you start wondering sometime, and, and you get things in your mind, well, is this really real? Is, you know, we, we become analytical at some point. Am I doing this because my parents did this? Am I here only because my grandparents did this? Uh, what, what about this church? What about this God thing? What about this religion thing? Is this all real? Is this very real or am I just falling into something that has been handed down to me? Some folks call it secondhand faith. Am I here for that reason? How do I know this is true? Well, I heard a man say uh, that, that he questioned God when he was a kid. So one night he went to bed and he said, now, Lord, you know, I just need to know if you're real and if you're, if you're, if you're really there. And so here's what I'm going to do. And he took a picture up above his bed. And he just kind of turned it, cocked it sideways. And he said, now, Lord, if you are really real, I want you to straighten that picture during the night. And uh, he said he went to sleep as a kid and he woke up. And guess what? The picture was still cocked sideways. And, you know, his thoughts were, Lord, I gave you eight hours to do this and you didn't show up. Are you really real? Well, you, you, can't, you can't put all your faith in those kind of things. There are times, no doubt, 
when we've all tried to fleece God and we've asked God, is this really so? Is that really so? And I understand human thinking. But, you know, there is a scripture that said we walk by faith and we, we, we don't walk by sight. We can't go by just what we see. We have to believe the word of God and we have to believe in God. There is much doubt in our world. There was doubt in Jesus' day. As a matter of fact, there was a time that Jesus went back to his city of Nazareth where he was raised. And the scriptures said that he did not many wonderful works among them because of their unbelief. They just didn't believe. They couldn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They couldn't believe that he was the miracle worker. Here was a carpenter's son that had been raised in their streets and in their playgrounds and in their, in their community, and they couldn't believe that he was God. And so the Bible said Jesus didn't do the miracles that he could have done there because of their unbelief. I, I want to talk about doubt a little bit today before we plunge into our main story. Doubt comes in a lot of different shapes and a lot of different sizes and a lot of different forms. You know, we ask this, is, is, is God really there? What about his existence? What about goodness? Is God really good? What about his involvement in our everyday life? Sometimes doubt just speaks into our mind. Does God really hear your prayer? Does God really forgive sin? Does God really care about you? I know that I'm speaking to some of us here tonight that are just human, and in our humanity, sometimes we doubt, and, and we've, we've heard it. Well, if you doubt, you don't have strong faith, but I want to refute that for just a little bit today because the truth is, is you might not have strong faith unless you push through your doubt. Doubt will come, but faith must override your doubt. As a matter of fact, Doubt is not the end of real faith, but often the beginning. It is when our doubts come that our faith rises to the top and we begin to see and believe and feel the presence of God. Let me take you to the life of one called Thomas. And if, we, if we've been raised around the church or heard many, much preaching or many times we've been taught that he was called, he was one of the 12, but he was called Doubting Thomas. Remember that guy? Doubting Thomas. There's only 12 verses in all of the scripture about him, only 12 verses, and yet we call him Doubting Thomas. We have, we have developed his whole character by one scene, and we've said in our minds and in our teachings and in our heart, well, that's old Doubting Thomas. And matter of fact, we've called people, well, he's just a Doubting Thomas. Well, let me talk to you a little bit about Thomas because when who he became shows that doubters can become people of great faith. Let me, let me show you Thomas in the scripture. It was, uh, this scene was just after the uh, resurrection of Jesus. You know, remember he joined himself to two men that were walking down the road to Emmaus and, and they began to talk and he fell into their conversation and through a period of conversation and even sitting at a meal with them, uh, he, he began to reveal himself and then he disappeared. And they said, uh, 
they recognized at the end who he was. They said, did our hearts not burn within us as he walked with us by the way? And so this was after that scene that suddenly in Luke chapter 24 and verse 36, the Bible said while they were still talking about this, talking about his disciples, Jesus himself stood among them and said unto them, peace be with you. Now here they are, the disciples are scared, they're afraid, they've lost their leader, they've lost their master, they're in a room, they're by themselves, they're talking about it, the Bible said, they were still talking about it, and he just appears and says, peace be unto you. The Bible said in verse 37, they were startled and they were frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. Now you've got to understand the scene here, they watched him die. They knew, some of them knew that he was dead. They saw him when he was dead. And, and this, was, this was not just an ordinary thing here. Suddenly he appears unto them and they were startled and frightened because they thought they saw a ghost. And Jesus said to them, and here's the question, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? And, and he says, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself touch me and see. So I want you to understand the setting of this so that you'll get the next scripture. Here's the disciples. They're talking it over. Some saying, well, maybe we'll go back to fishing. I'll go back to my old trade. I hate we lost Jesus. I hate it. You know, they didn't believe what he had just taught them in three and a half years of ministry that he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And they failed to see that. So Jesus shows up, and evidently he recognizes immediately that they're scared to death because they're thinking they're seeing a ghost. And he says to them, why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doubts rise in your mind? He said, here I am. Look at my hands and look at my feet. And you can even touch me and see that I am alive. Well, guess what? Thomas wasn't there. Thomas was the missing disciple. He wasn't at church when he should have been. Thomas missed church. He wasn't with the rest of the crowd. Now, I'm not going to preach a whole message on faithfulness here because we're, 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 none of us have been too faithful lately to be in the house of God. But here's what I want to tell you. When you miss church, your faith is not high. When you miss church, you miss some important things. You miss the presence of Jesus. You miss the peace of Jesus. You miss the proof of Jesus, and you miss the power of Jesus when you don't get to the house of the Lord. So church is important. Even if it's online, church is important. Stay plugged in to the kingdom of God. But let me show you what John chapter 20 said because John was very emphatic about what he said. He said in verse 24, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. In other words, he, he wanted to be sure that we knew that, that Thomas wasn't among the crowd when Jesus showed up in that room because he said he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Verse 25 said this, so the other disciples told him. So here's 
James and John and Peter and Bartholomew and Matthew, they're all sitting around, and here's what they're saying. Well, we've seen him. We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Thomas did, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, he said, I will not believe. He was skeptical. He said, pardon me, I know you've seen him. I understand that you say you've seen him, but I want to see him. And until I do see him, I'm not going to believe. I just want to put my hands in those nail prints. I want to put my hand in his side, and I want to see him. Thomas refused to settle for second-hand faith. Let me tell you something today. There's not one of us in Christianity that at some time or another have doubts in our mind, and we have had to conquer those doubts with the things of God. But, but let, me, let me preach to you. You can't do it with second-hand faith. You've got to have a first-hand experience with God. Your faith is built upon your experience with God. Look, I preach it often, and I, I, I'll say it again on this Wednesday evening. My dad was a great Christian, lived 82 years in this world, and, uh, and, and gave his life to the Lord. He was a great preacher. He was a great man of God. My mother, who turned 88 on Sunday, my mother is a great Christian, a great prayer warrior, a wonderful lady, and, and I love them both. And they taught me the things of God. But there came a time in my life when I could not have mother's faith or daddy's faith or even my grandparents' faith or my uncles or my aunts or whoever. I had to have faith for myself. You can't exist on secondhand faith. Matter of fact, you can't be saved by somebody else's faith. You have to come to grips with God and with your faith and knowing that God is real in your life. You see, do I believe because my parents believed? They had great bearing in my life. But that is not where my faith comes from. Is my faith just a crutch for my weaknesses or is Christianity just another myth in my life? Or have I been somewhere with Jesus? What about the other world religions? What is Jesus really the only way to God? Did he really rise from the dead? If Jesus is risen, this truth demands my whole life. And the day that I came in contact with the Lord for myself, I remember a time when I was seven years old at a building at 1600 South 2nd Street that God touched my life and he filled me with his spirit. Let me tell you, my faith has been tried many, many times since that time. I was buried. I was baptized in water in the beautiful and powerful name of Jesus Christ. But my faith has been tested and tried and I could stand on mom's faith and dad's faith and believe what they believed, but I had to get it for myself. My doubt had to be erased because I had an experience with God. John 20 and verse 26 said, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Notice this time, Thomas was with them 
and through the doors, or excuse me, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. That's a, that's a neat thing, isn't it? Can you imagine sitting in a room and the, no door opens, there's no squeaking of the knob or the hinges, and all of a sudden, boom, Jesus is just there. That's the kind of Jesus he is. He was now in a glorified body. He didn't have to open the door. Matter of fact, he just walked through the wall. We call that magic, but God calls that miracles. Amen. And he walks through, and he comes in, and he said to them again, peace be with you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, he wasn't there at the meeting with Thomas and the disciples, but he knew the heart of Thomas, and he saw the doubt of Thomas, and he knew what Thomas was thinking, and so he turns, not to the rest of the disciples. I want you to notice this. He turns to Thomas, old doubting Thomas, and he says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. I wish I could get that in your, in your head today and in your heart today. Just stop doubting and believe. In verse 27, Jesus gave Thomas what he needed to believe. Let me tell you about our Jesus. Let me tell you about our God. He is not a God that is afar off. He is present. He is near. And God will give you what you need to believe. There have been times in my life that I was doubting and I, I couldn't figure my way and I thought, God, what am I going to do? And in the nick of time, right at the perfect time, in the moment of time, God showed up and he gave me what I needed to erase my doubt and to have faith in him. Maybe this is why you're here. And, and maybe you don't understand everything. Maybe you're watching today and you don't understand where you're at and what's going on and why things are happening in your life. And the devil's tried to create doubt in you. And he's tried to say, well, you see, God's not real. And you see, this, this church thing is not for you. And Christianity is not what it's all propped up to be. Well, let me just tell you today and in, in, in faith and through the word of God that God is going to come through and going to give you. He did for Thomas. He showed up when Thomas said, you know what, guys? I believe, I believe, I don't believe what you're saying and I'll believe it when I'm able to touch his nail prints, when I'm able to put my hand on his side and know that that spear went through there. When I'm able to do that, then I'll believe. Well, guess what? Jesus showed up and he gave Thomas the right to believe and the reason to believe. Verse 28 said, Thomas then looked at him. Would you please notice this? Thomas then said to him in John 20, 28, my Lord and my God. Not just Lord, not just another God, but he claimed him at that moment. His faith was enlightened. He began to lose doubt. And faith took its place. Ladies and gentlemen, could I tell you here on this Wednesday evening that faith is so very vital and important to your life. It's so important that, that if you don't have it, you can't please God. Hebrews chapter 11, that great faith chapter of the scriptures, says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let me tell you something else. Faith cometh by hearing. And what you're doing right now is you're hearing that you need to lose your doubt. You need to remove your doubt. Why are you doubting? 
I look over my life, and I want to tell you, I don't think I could ever doubt the goodness and the mercies of God. I don't think I could ever doubt. No matter what happens to me from here on out, I've lived long enough to have so many experiences with God and to feel the presence of God and to know the leading of God. I've had it. I've had some things come into my life and happen to me that were unexplainable. I, I've said it many times. I remember a time particular that I was going through a very great trial. It was it was over 35 years ago that I was going through a great trial and, and I was down praying one day. I can take you to that room and show you where it's at. And I said, now Lord, now Lord, I need to know that you're hearing me. I just need to understand that you, you, you know I'm here and that you haven't left me because I felt lonely and I felt like I was just discouraged. I felt like I wasn't going to make it through that particular time in my life. And so help me. While I was down praying, while I was kneeling in prayer, there was an old black rotary dial telephone sitting on the cabinet over just a few feet from me. And that phone rang. And I picked it up and a friend of mine said, Danny, you okay? And I said, well, sure. Why? Why do you ask? He said, well, I was just down praying, and the Lord told me to call you. He told me to give you a ring. I want to tell you something. My heart leaped with inside of me because I knew that God had heard my prayer. I can't tell you what powerful things that did in my life just to know that when I was praying for God, it was kind of like Thomas. He said, when I'm able to put my finger in those nail prints, when I'm able to place my hand on his side, I was just saying, God, I love you and I, I want to serve you and I want to do the right thing. Would you just let me know that you're here? Let me tell you, in the nick of time, God answered. I got up from that prayer meeting with a, with a totally different view, knowing that where I was, God was. My doubt was gone. My faith was restored. The difference between believing in and and and. And, and before, excuse me, the difference between believing in and believing. Before Thomas believed in Jesus, but now he's saying, my Lord and my God. He not just believing in Jesus, he believed Jesus. Hallelujah. He believed that God was with him and that he had risen from the dead. Thomas died a mortar. He refused to deny his faith. From that very moment, he was a doubter no more. You can call him doubting Thomas if you want to, but he took the gospel further than any other disciple. He wound up all the way in India, and when it was time for him to die, they said, if you'll deny your faith, we won't kill you, but he would deny his faith. Doubt, ladies and gentlemen, it's not the end of real faith. It's often the beginning. And so what I'm speaking to you on this Wednesday evening is that by all means, we have doubt. They come. They come with circumstances. They come with situations. They come when we're struggling. The devil is a master at putting a doubt in our mind of things of God. But I want to tell you, God's going to show up just in time. And when he touches you, and when he moves on you, and when he shows you, you've got to release that doubt. You've got to step into faith. Why are you doubting? 
Has God healed you before? Has God provided for you before? Has God taken care of your children when you ask him? Has God laid his hand upon your sick body and raised you up? Has God performed a miracle when you needed it in your life? Could we not look back over the things that God has done and understand that doubt will cripple God's work in our life, but we don't need that crippled. We need faith to move into the area that God wants us to move into. Hebrews chapter 11, if you go read that chapter, it is the great chapter of faith in all of the scripture. And I want to tell you, if you read about those people in that chapter, you will find that they weren't always people of faith. There was doubt that came, but faith overrode their doubt. So why are we doubting today? God can heal. God can save. God can deliver. God can provide. He's our counselor. He's our wonderful. He's our mighty God. He's our prince of peace. He's all that we need. Please understand what I'm saying today. Doubt is a common thing, but you can't let it dwell in you. You have to overcome it with the presence and the power and the proof that Jesus is alive and he's a great God in our lives. God revealed himself to you to increase your faith and lose your doubt. Let me say that again. God revealed himself to you to increase your faith and lose your doubt. You can have a personal encounter with God. A personal encounter. I urge you today, find a place. Get alone with the Lord. If you've got doubts, you know what you need to do? You need to talk to the Lord about it today. If you're, if you're just struggling with unbelief, I, I, I deal with this often. And from time to time, people come, Pastor, I'm just really struggling. I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is what it is. I, you know what? I point them to the Word of God, and I point you to personal experience. There was a, there was a, a young lady that came to a friend of mine years ago. And, and she said to him, I just want to tell you, I'm not coming back to church. I'm leaving. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any faith. I, don't, I just don't, I don't think it's for me. I'm struggling. I'm not coming back. And that man of God looked at her and he said, would you do me a favor? Before you do that, before you decide to not come back, would you do me a favor? Would you go get by yourself somewhere and would you just tell God what you're telling me? Just tell him why you're leaving. Tell him why you're not coming back. Why you're doubting. Why these decisions are being made. Just go tell him. And then if you feel like you still need to leave, then, then you do what you need to do. So she said, I'll do that. I'll do that. And so she went and found a place to pray. And, and when she got down before the Lord... And she was reminded in prayer of all the things that God had done for her, all the miracles God had performed, all the things that she had seen God do in her life and others, all the, all the ways that God had blessed her, all the times that God had been there for her. She began to weep and she began to cry and God restored her faith on her knees that day. She got up and came back to that pastor at a later time. She said, Pastor, I just want to tell you, 
When I got to telling God I was leaving and I got to thinking about what, what all God had done for me, oh, I couldn't leave God because God has been so merciful and so kind and so good and his miracles have been in my life and I just couldn't make myself tell God I was leaving the house of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our story today. You can't, you can't leave God when you understand the miracles of God and the things of God. You know what Thomas should have done? I'll be honest. Thomas should have looked over the last three and a half years of life. He forgot that Jesus opened blind eyes. Jesus healed lepers. He forgot about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. He forgot about the miracles of the loaves and the fishes and turning water into wine and all the things that he had seen. He forgot that. Was Thomas a doubter? No, he was just going through a circumstance in life. He was a little skeptical and he was a little analytical. And when he needed to touch Jesus, Jesus said, okay, here I am, touch me. And the minute he touched him, he said, my Lord and my God. So I'm preaching to you on a Wednesday, touch him. Remove your doubt with your faith. Remember the work of God in your life. Why are you doubting? Why are you saying, I don't know if God can do this? Let me tell you, God has not diminished in power. What he did one time, he can do again. And guess what? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hope this helps you this evening. I hope it brings peace to your life and faith to your heart. I hope that I've spoken something this evening that will help you to lose your doubt and increase your faith. God is big. God is real. God is great. God is powerful. God is mighty. God is awesome. And God will be there when you need him. I love you. God bless you. It's a great joy for me to get to say what I'm about to say. But for the members of this church, hear me right now. I'll see you Sunday in the house of the Lord. God bless you, 10 o'clock Sunday. I hope you'll be here. Now, Lord Jesus, touch every life. Increase our faith. Lord, when you show up, let there be faith and not doubt. Let us remove the things in our life, Lord, that are causing us to doubt. Let us hear the voice of God. Let us feel your hands and your side that we may proclaim my Lord and my God. I pray the prayer of faith over this church today in the name of Jesus Christ. Increase our faith and help us to lose our doubt in Jesus' name. God bless you. I'll see you Sunday.